Welcome back to A Sane Future. I'm your host, Rich Kahn. As most of you know, the print media world has never been in a more precarious state. Newspapers are struggling with print-digital hybrids or pivoting to all digital formats. The broadcast and cable networks have all staked out their positions on the left or right side of the political spectrum, and social media has become a haven for inflammatory and divisive commentary and videos. Finding thoughtful, sensible discourse has never been more difficult. With that as a desultory backdrop, we have to ask the question, what does the future of media look like? Well, one possible answer is something called Substack, profiled recently by Bloomberg Businessweek. Founded in 2017 by Hamish McKenzie, the company helps writers publish email newsletters and then takes 10% from those who charge their subscribers. Substack has really taken off in the past year and now has more than a half million subscribers, with some of its top writers earning over a million dollars a year. Big-name journalists like Vox co-founder Matthew Iglesias and tech writer Casey Newton have left their previous employers to start Substack newsletters. These writers are part of a growing group of creators who have become their own cottage industries by dint of these new tech platforms. The response has been mixed. Great enthusiasm from some, consternation from others, like already struggling newspapers and magazines, understandably concerned about a changing landscape and their loss of influence. Substack is the latest in a slew of new services in which creators connect with individuals and receive direct payments. The list includes things like Patreon, that marries music lovers with their fans, OnlyFans, which offers intimate tidbits to admirers, and the more established YouTube and Instagram influencers. As with any of these new platforms, there will be winners and losers. Top writers will certainly reap considerable rewards in much the same way some have gotten rich from doggy videos or roller skating TikToks. Most, however, will likely languish making little or nothing from their efforts. And Substack is far from the only company seeking to attract newsletter creators in this new media world. Earlier this year, Twitter bought a rival named Review and reported that it would cut its commission to 5%. Facebook, according to the New York Times, is also working on newsletter applications. The Substack idea comes from Stratechery, a tech blog and newsletter that makes its content available only to paying subscribers. Substack's quick rise to prominence doesn't come without additional challenges. It has to continue to sign up writers while convincing them to split their revenue in the face of other, similar, cheaper alternatives. Founder McKenzie is the principal recruiter and apparently is very charming in wooing his candidates with large advances. One of his coups was grabbing Helen Peterson, who left BuzzFeed last summer to helm a newsletter called Culture Study. According to Peterson, McKenzie touched base with her every six months for a few years before she finally agreed to take his money and join the venture. The question some are asking is whether or not Substack is seeking to be a publication rather than just an aggregator of top writer talent. McKenzie says no and points to the fact that he's not sanctioning any editorials or encouraging people to write about Substack the brand. In his words, we're helping people with their writing businesses. Peterson agrees and feels as if she's simply writing for herself and not the Substack brand. Some of the more successful writers in this new platform, according to the website therightlife.com, include Emily Atkin, whose heated newsletter writes on climate science and politics, Jacob Cohen Donnelly, who covers the media business, 
Nicole Cliff, who writes about personal pop culture, Judd Legum, who covers politics, Luke O'Neill, whose Welcome to Hell World talks about culture and politics, Heather Havraleski in her Ask Molly newsletter, which covers personal topics, Sophie Brookover and Margaret Willison, two bossy dames, yes, that's the name of their newsletter, who cover pop culture, and Ryan O'Hanlon, whose niche newsletter, No Grass in the Clouds, covers soccer from an analytics perspective. So there you have it. The future of journalism or not? Who knows? One thing is probable, though, we're more likely to get unfettered information and commentary from those who are not under the control of a corporate-controlled media with a predetermined agenda. That's the upside of this new media world. It should be interesting, and I hope, enlightening. Thanks for tuning in to A Sane Future. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to follow, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. We can't do any of this without your support. Visit asanefuture.com and follow A Sane Future on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. This is Rich Kahn. Thanks again for listening, and please arrive home safely. Thank you.